Welcome to the Inside Four Walls 2022 Year in Review. I'm, of course, James Madison, the guy who's been running and putting the content together and making the content. 2022 was a very interesting year for the channel uh, and content as a whole. I switched up different... Uh, I, did, I pretty much switched up the entire way I did my show. It was originally just an audio this time at the beginning of the year. The only things that went up that were visual were my... You know, it was my footage where I went out on the streets and I filmed riots, protests, demonstrations, uh, Trump press conversations, Trump rallies, uh, a couple. I went to a Biden event where Biden wasn't there. And that was the kind of stuff that went up. But the podcast and news coverage and pop culture coverage was an audio only format. Um, And I switched it up and made it into a visual and audio thing as well and started to expand. My favorite thing I did this year was actually go out and interview so many different people from Washington, D.C., all the way down through Virginia, West Virginia, Carolina, Michigan, Ohio, all the Rust Belt pretty much. I traveled around and I talked to people from every corner of this country over so many different topics from Stop the Steal to, uh, you know, anti-mandate protests and demonstrations to just various other small political gatherings and events talking people outside of political gatherings and events outside of tp usa events so on and so forth you know uh we've talked to people we didn't necessarily agree we had a few masked karens show up and start throwing stuff at people blasting the ever so famous fuck donald trump which not to brag or anything man but you know the fuck joe biden songs just go a little bit harder and they did bigger numbers they did bigger numbers now that's completely off the point though it was just nice, you know, it, it was a, it was a nice change. You know, I talked to people who were left, right, people who were pro-Trump, against Trump, gay conservatives, uh, super woke SJW types who were at these events too. And they were booing or jeering or heckling or whatever, but they still had the conversation, you know, and that was really nice to see. That was something that I didn't expect to get a whole lot of. You know, I, I thought... It would only be a bunch of, like, Trump supporters and a lot of, a lot of like, you know, basic conservative Tucker Carlson Tonight audience types. But it was a really diverse crowd, and, and I couldn't have been happier with it. And I couldn't have been happier with the interviews we got. Because not only did we interview, like, average people, we interviewed some celebrities, be it people, you know, just, you know, niche celebrities. Be it Bryson Gray, uh, Bumped Into Anomaly, MAGA Hulk. It was just nice bumping to so many people. Big Rob was one. He's with the, uh, the uh, oh, the Misfits. Or the, I can't think of the name of it, unfortunately. The Del Rey Misfits. He's in one of these clips. You know, it was really nice. We even you know had people running for office come to the show and give us, for example, Evan Space right here. He gave us a six-and-a-half-hour interview where he just talked about his service in the Air Force, what he wants to get done for Michigan, so on and so forth. This podcast wasn't just confined to the bedroom where I did all my recordings or just to the realms of man-on-the-street interviews. No. We went out and we traveled all over the country. For example, in early January, we went to the Defeat the Mandate, an American homecoming, a large, large speaking event with so many people from Robert Malone to Peter McCullough to large figureheads from the Nation of Islam, to very prominent Jewish rabbis and speakers, to Muslim speakers and thought leaders, even down to 
I wasn't Bert Weinstein, it was somebody else, but a colleague of his came and talked to. It was a large, large event, and I ended up being in a Jimmy Levy and high-res music video, so that was kind of cool. But it wasn't too long then into January that I headed into Washington, D.C. I caught a ride on a bus. It was a Christian group that was a, it was a church from Kalamazoo that was organizing for a bunch of churches and their congregations to go to Washington, D.C. to show up in protest and show their support for striking down the vaccine mandate when that was a thing. And... You know, so I caught a ride with them, threw in a little bit of money towards gas, and rode along. I don't have a whole lot of footage for it. Unfortunately, I, I did my best to sleep through the ride as much as possible, though I feel kind of like an asshole for it. It was just a bunch of people. They were all extremely nice, wonderful people, nothing bad to say. But they all wanted to do, like, bus karaoke. And I had been up the previous last three or four nights working extra shifts to get as much money as I possibly could to save up, get out there and, you know, have a little bit of extra money for whatever expenses may come my way, so on and so forth. But wonderful people, and I would not want to have traveled up there and back with any other group. I rode back with them as well. And again, just extraordinarily wonderful people, and I'm really grateful that I was able to catch a ride out there. Otherwise, I would not have been able to make it. And there were such wonderful speakers. Again, Peter McCullough, uh, Dr. Robert Malone. They had Awaken with JP. They had um, uh, Al. Oh, I can't think of his name. He's from the Nation of Islam. He, he's uh, uh, God, I feel Riza Riza Aslan. Uh, he spoke, and then they had um, a very prominent rabbi speak right after him. I tried i didn't unfortunately the camera didn't catch it but there was a moment where they shook hands and hugged you know this uh protest and demonstration against the mandate really brought a lot of people together like you had prominent uh like people who worked with donald trump who were speaking shaking hands with blm organizers you had uh uh god i can't remember the name it was like fifth of all uh five days of autumn was his name i believe it was the artist's name it's just a very interesting lineup of people. And I got to do a lot of really interesting interviews with people. Uh, afterwards, I went to the bars with a couple people, got drinks. Um, if I can find it, I'll put the pictures in at the end. Uh, somebody I was staying with, or uh, well, not staying with, but somebody I had met and spent the rest of the day hanging out with, invited me back to... Uh, invited me back to their place. I was staying at this hotel and went up to the roof, had a... Had a, had a couple drinks and just watched, you know, the city over D.C. And when it got really cold and started to rain, it was just, you know, I personally, I, I, I've been to D.C. a lot. I spent a lot of time in Washington, D.C. throughout the years. I'm not a big fan of the city, but th this was just a genuine, really great day of the year. And I'm just grateful for the experience I had and the people I got to meet this day. Um, I'll go back and put links to these videos in the description below, as well as charities and so on and so forth. Just a really wonderful event uh and then i would come back to michigan shortly afterwards and hang out go back to doing interviews and recording the podcast then a few months later i would go join the freedom convoy and now when i was with the freedom convoy slash people's convoy slash it was a bunch of different convoys that all ended up converging on one spot i traveled specifically with the people's convoy 
and there was a lot of really touching stories, a lot of funny stories I heard, and a lot of really sad, heartbreaking ones revolving around the pandemic and the response to it, as well as the vaccine mandate. A lot of people had a lot of tragedies, and a lot of people had a lot of goods, a lot of ups and downs through the pandemic. And I want to make sure that I include people telling their own stories so this isn't just me rambling on. So here's just one of many of the stories I heard. I camped with these people for just under, it was like a month and week and a half, about a month and two weeks. Camped outside. I'll go more after, I'll go in more on it after the clip is over. Trump. He loved America. He wanted America to be great again. He was hoping to counting on the, the words and the inspiration that Trump led. But, you know, Trump's only one man. And it's not about one man. This is about all the people together to work together. All right? This is not about one person. Left, right, nothing. The only division there is is good and evil. All right? So now you decide which side you want on. The good side or the evil side. Alright, that's the only division around the world. Alright? But I was blessed with this. Alright, yesterday she she had put it on my wrist, but yesterday we had family issues and it broke the chain. Okay? So now I carry it like this and now I can repair that chain. You know, and wear it back around my wrist and stuff. But anyways, we're all family. Please work together. You know, we're on slippery slopes. Drive like you're on ice at all times. Even if it's 100 degrees outside. You know, keep your space. Safe speed. You know, let people merge in. It's not about us. It's about we. Let's work together. All right? I love all of you. Be safe out here. And then in March, I rolled out with the Freedom Convoy. I met them, I want to say around March 1st or 2nd, the day they arrived in Indianapolis. Now, I had spent the night before calling a bunch of different truck stops throughout California and along the map that they were traveling to Indianapolis, talking to them, interviewing different gas station clerks for the phone about... Oh, you know, what are you hearing about the convoy? Has con- has, the- has it rolled through your gas station? And a lot of them said no, but a handful of them said yes. And we've seen 
oh, you know, 100 and some odd vehicles. Some of them were saying, oh, probably like 300, 400 vehicles. It was never a very consistent number. It, it seemed to have very much fluctuated. And, you know, it was just an interesting moment, you know. I, I didn't know what to expect. I had just gone through the vaccine mandate at work. Completely, my, my attitude towards it was, I'm not going to get vaccinated. No matter what you do or force me to, you'll keep telling me that I can't work and, you know, no jab, no job or whatever. That's your that's your prerogative, but I'll be damned if I comply. Give me that pink slip or get out of my face. So this hit a little bit more personally, and I, uh, I don't know, I was very happy to be part of it, even though things went downhill quickly. And I met so many great people. This one right here, she was in uh, Washington, D.C., the lady with the necklaces. And there's so many tents and vendors a lot of people who I became friends with and met with the convoy that I would just never have met or gotten to know otherwise. People giving out Bibles, so many different... It was The amount of charity blew my mind. Different churches, different denominations, sects, different religions, all sorts of people showed up with holy books and scriptures. They organized a food kitchen started cooking for everybody nightly like every night it was a new meal new dinner different lineup of cooks and not only that um so we all arrived we went from indianapolis to ohio and we went from ohio straight on through we stopped at we made one more stop and for some reason i'm completely blanking but we ended up settling in hagersville Maryland at the uh, Hagerstown Speedway and we stayed and I stayed with them for mm, about a month and a half maybe a month and two three about a month and week and a half I'll go with one month and two weeks is how long I was with them at the convoy now I would end up getting into a little bit uh, you know what I'm not gonna get ahead of myself let me so I arrived I traveled with my buddy Holly She's someone who I've traveled with before. Uh, we know people who worked at the Gateway Pundit and various other outlets like that. So, you know, we, we were like, sure, you know, we, they're, they're, what's going on? We'll go check that out. You know, a couple people who were like, hey, I know you're trying to get your, you know, your independent news coverage and everything up and running. There's this event going, you should go check it out. So I rode out with my buddy Holly, who, you know, has worked in these outlets. And she had to leave early, so I stayed behind. So it was just me, myself, my backpack, you know, whatever camera equipment supply uh, i brought with me solar powered back you know solar powered power banks you know camping stuff you know it's not the first time like i've spent a week in washington dc camped out before like like you know camping in monuments to spend the week in dc filming stuff so you know it wasn't anything unprepared that that i wasn't you know fully expecting or, or at least something that i wasn't able to prepare for so for about four nights after my friend Holly went back to Michigan, I was sleeping outside under a thermal blanket, like, like a space blanket next to a fire pit. And a guy named Ricky Bobby owned a bus. He was like, hey, you know, I'm doing, you know, I'm volunteering my equipment, doing DJ and soundstage stuff. If you want, why don't you, you, know, you can stay on my bus. My, you know, I just asked that you help me carry my equipment to and from the stage. And I was like, yeah, sure, absolutely. So, you know, that was where I ended up spending the rest of my, uh, sleeping for the rest of my time with the convoy was on this nice short bus. <laughs> you could say I was home in many ways. But it was just some of the most wonderful people I've met. 
and that was my life for a while you know wake up probably about 7 30 8 o'clock help them carry their their equipment or help ricky carry his equipment from the bus to the stage help them set up and i don't know what any of the wires cables or cords did to begin with i just helped carry the speakers hand me the blue cable i'd hand him the blue cable that kind of stuff get breakfast ride out go to the beltway ride around dc so on and so forth it was a blast you know i got fired from my job for going and you know i didn't care i was like you know you guys tried to force me to get vaccinated and i just refused and to be surrounded by so many people who felt and thought the same way was just absolutely incredible and one day uh it was probably about a week into there the supplies we had gathered from different stops along the way was starting to uh, dwindle thin then out of nowhere probably about 12 or 13 semis just started rolling through big storage semis just full of donations clothes bags hoodies totes boxes fucking countless gallons of water food it was insane care kits uh thank you truckers donations we probably spent about two and a half hours unloading trucks and organizing everything under these uh these uh like you know bleachers at the speedway it was just a lot of fun um and again i got to talk to people from every single state it was kind of wild. i can't tell you how many people are on my phone right now with the last name convoy you think it was an extended family i I was related to um for the longest time it felt genuinely like everyone was family you know We'd have nightly speaking events. I even I, I helped organize uh, an event. It was my idea originally. I wanted it to be a nightly thing called the People's Convo, which uh, ideally would have been a nightly thing where it would have given me content because I could have recorded uh, people coming up. And the idea was, you know, people would come up to this come up to this little setup area and tell their stories about where they traveled from, their COVID pandemic stories, so on and so forth. You know, powwow stuff. Uh, we were told by event organizers not to ever do that again. So we ended up having it be just the one-time thing. We were bummed out, but I didn't think much of it, and that ended up being a mistake later. But, again, and right here, right? So this camper, you know, it might be behind a little bit, but there's a camper right here. It was in a, it was in a rough spot, but it was donated to us by someone who supported the convoy. And it was nothing that couldn't be repaired. You know, the roof needed some welding and stuff, but the... The convoy people threw it, had it scrapped for money without telling anybody, and it was just loaned to us. It wasn't the convoy organizers to throw away, but they just did, or they just scrapped it for money. I was really ashamed, and the oh, and the people who donated to us were rightfully pissed off, and I don't blame them. And then you had Super Nazi's Kitchen, where every morning it was hot coffee and soup. Every single morning. It was a different hot soup, and it was wonderful. And you had a bunch of people every day selling new merchandise, new collectibles, goodies, you name it, they were selling it. We established a medical tent, which was multiple semi-trailers back-to-back with cots and first aid equipment out the wazoo. We had volunteer nurses and doctors working out around the clock in the unit. It was really nice. Unfortunately, the uh, the feeling of being family would start to fade out about the time the main dude with the... So I rode in with what was called the People's Convoy, which merged with the Freedom Convoy. Oh, real quick, this right here, I don't know if it's on or not, but there's a clip. Uh, and it, these two people actually got married at the convoy. They had a full wedding 
and everything. Um, it was just, it was wild, again, like, like, the, uh, the amount of connections people felt at this convoy was kind of just, I don't know, it was unreal. But then the main organizers of some of the bigger events headed out and left, and things just went downhill. A lot of infights started to uh, arise, people suddenly weren't getting paid back money they were owed for gas, because one of the agreements was, you know, we hit the speedway, you get compensated for gas money... With donations we were receiving, because they were receiving tons and tons of money throughout the day. Uh, some chick named Hippie Mama was in charge of the money. But, you know, from what I was gathering from everybody talking to me in the interviews I was doing, money came up missing. People wanted answers. They got gaslit, ran around, told no money for you, and they're all, there's no more funds, so on and so forth. So people just didn't get paid. And it started to cause a lot of distrust and a lot of issues within the group unfortunately and people started to leave people started to grow weary and a lot of conflict broke out <clears throat> but you know we we continued on filming an interview and talking to people uh but at some point right here you see i'm up at the microphone and again sorry this isn't you know on cue but you see i'm at the speaker i just helped it get up there set up they were having a group prayer and a conversation, and then organizers told, you know, so Ricky Bobby, he went completely off script and started talking about, you know, there's this new event, this new venue. You can go back and watch the, the video to hear what he's talking about. But I was told to unplug the speakers. I don't know what these cables or buttons do, so I just said, it's not my equipment. So cue me getting chased out of the premises by these armed security guards in a golf cart. And I got ran off the premises. And, you know, people came up to me and were like, oh, hey, you know, you got to shut this down. I'm like, look, it's not my equipment. I just carry the speaker up here. And they're like, well, you're part of this, perhaps, but, um, you know, whatever. Uh, I'm carrying the speaker, part of the agreement of me not sleeping on, on the mud and, and on the ground for the whole time I was here was helping carry sound equipment. So I'm fulfilling my side of the bargain. You want it unhooked? You better come up here and do it yourself because I'm not unplugging shit. Because if I break it, it's on me. Y'all break it, it's on you. But... It didn't really matter. Uh, and a guy named Trucker G, who was one of the main organizers, was like, oh, I've never seen this guy before a day in my life. He was literally at my, my camp the night before, drinking moonshine, smoking pot, and roasting marshmallows at the campsite. Like, he was hanging out with, with everybody. It was just real sleazy what happened. And the amount of people I talked to this day who were, who were you know, who I met at the convoy who said they, they never got paid, they were owed a ton of money, and they later on would get kicked out or booted out suddenly or, or you know, start getting harassed by organizers. It was really shitty how things went down. And, and I feel very confident in saying that in my affirmations, the convoy started off pure and it ended up being nothing more than a giant fucking grift. A big goddamn scam where the organizers robbed the average citizen completely blind and took him for a ride and took all their money and rode off into the sunset. Now, which organizers are are guilty and in on it, I, I genuinely couldn't tell you. I just know everybody I've talked to who were just a regular trucker, not part of the uh, press, because a lot of people who were pressed just refused to talk to me. Uh, and I mean press like people like uh, Jersey J and Oreo Express like, like people who already were giving grifty vibes recently like oh no you're sketchy even though we were all hanging out and smoking pot and chilling beforehand whatever 
Well, actually, I didn't really know Oreo and them. I smoked pot with the black dude. Didn't really know him well. But, oh well. I would eventually return back to Michigan where I would sit down and just start cranking out the content as soon as I got back home, you know. Sure, the convoy didn't work out the way I wanted it to, but why should that stop me? The grind never stops, and I had content to make. And I'd be damned if, you know, I was going to let this exposure I suddenly found myself with go to waste. You know, all these articles are talking about a fat guy in a Hawaiian shirt who ruined the convoy and crashed the convoy and this, that, and the other thing. Like, all these just hit pieces came out about me. And he had a bunch of people come out and accuse me of being affiliated with all kinds of different groups. Like, I was accused of being a proud boy, Antifa, so on and so forth. Things that I'm absolutely not. But the way things turned out, I wouldn't have done it any differently anyway. It was a blast and a half, and I'm absolutely grateful for the experience I had. And in September, me and my better half went out to South Carolina, Hilton Head Island specifically, for a little vacation, you know. We both had been busting our asses. She's been working all year, and I had been doing the podcast and traveling around doing a lot of filming and documenting. So we wanted to just take some time to just unwind after what had been an admittedly kind of turbulent year. And just as we got there, we had a couple days to just hang out. And day, probably about the third day of a two-week vacation, I became super sick. And I spent three days just laid up in bed, puking, congested, and completely dizzy. And then we go out for about three days, and I hit all these great stores. Frosty Frog, um, The Shack, and so many cool little, little uh, neat touristy type stores then the warning comes in that Hurricane Ian could be making land you know could be coming up right on our back door and they're talking about oh shutdowns and worry about this businesses started to board up and put plywood over all the windows people were pulling their cars off the island people like people were straight up evacuating and we were staying in an Airbnb, and there was talks about evacuating the little apartment we were in, like the whole complex. And I was thinking about just, you know, of course, letting everybody else go, and I, I wanted to hang out and just film. But Hurricane Ian didn't really uh, seem that interested in really doing anything to South Carolina. The waters got really choppy, winds got super high, some power lines got knocked down, uh, power went in and out, stuff like that, but other than that, it was pretty cool, you know, nothing, uh, nothing, uh, really that worrisome really happened, and I got to spend some really cool time in a state I haven't got to spend any time in since I was probably like four or five, <laughs> and I got some decent pictures, and just... Enjoy it. South Carolina is a very beautiful state, and I, I, I look forward to going again. And as you can see, those are the storm clouds washing over on my channel and on the podcast. There's actual footage and, you know, visuals of the storm passing through. We got, like, severe thunderstorm and severe heavy weather, but hurricane, no, not so much. Not so much. But that's going to wrap up the part about South Carolina as we start to bring this video to the close. I want to talk about the podcast and the growth this podcast has had and 
Thank you guys for all the support you've given this channel. And now, thanks to a previous, uh, so I had one strike on this channel. And when I got that first strike on this channel, and I wasn't, you know, I was told what content it was. It was the, I did a, a video all about Fauci and the Beagle and Monkey experiment he was funding. And, you know, it was taken down. It was labeled as animal cruelty and misinformation. Whatever. Fine, I'll go with it. You know, I did my appeal, but I still got the one strike. So I started moving all my content over to BitChute and Rumble. This is probably in... God... July-ish? Mid to late July-ish? That I start making video content... Uh, and uploading to YouTube, so you know, I was like, oh, well, eh. you know, I just really started turning, starting uploading to YouTube, maybe trying to take it a little bit seriously, and I already got a strike, so, you know, I'll be a little bit more careful, you know, up to this point, I've only been uploading to, uh, really to, like, Spotify and platforms like that, so, you know, I, I was like, well, I got a BitChute account, so I started uploading to BitChute more, Move over all my old archive episodes, so on and so forth. And eventually, I ended up getting a termination. Now, mind you, that first strike I had was going to be gone in December, I believe on the 28th of December of 2022. That strike I had was supposed to go away. But my account actually got terminated entirely with one strike and no warning whatsoever and you know i did the appeal and the appeal resulted in you know they're they're just like yeah we're terminating it and i was never really sure why i i'm assuming it was because i was doing ftx coverage and maybe they don't like that with with what came out with the twitter files you know we found out that there was actually a specialized interest in going after small accounts and small content creators so you know, I would normally say I'm not big enough to be targeted, but wow, they were even going for the big fish. They're going for the little ones. Luckily, since I had already taken the liberty of backing everything up to BitChute and Rumble when I had just gotten the first strike initially back in July, as it turns out, even though I already had the BitChute for about a year and a couple months at that point, I started uploading every day, multiple uploads every day on BitChute and Rumble, and... Because of that, I was able to back everything up, and not a single bit, not a single moment of my content, well, prior to, like, the 2020 purge, but that's beside the point. But, almost it was backed up and saved. And I just, I can't advocate enough, if, if you make content, please, please make sure you have a backup no matter what. And, you know, a lot of people followed me over from YouTube, and now YouTube I only had, it was about 180-something when I got taken down. I was about 20 shy from 200 subscribers. And right now, as at the time of talking on this being recorded, over on BitChute, I'm about 8 away from 200 subscribers. And on Rumble, I'm probably about 70-ish away from 200 and I'm excited, you know, 200 is going to be my goal for this year. I set small goals. I don't want to, you know, I want to bring a thousand now. Absolutely not. Um, 
I'm just hoping to, you know, a, a personal goal is maybe 250 by the end of the year. But I can do 250 by the end of the year. That's a pretty reasonable goal, I think. You know, I want to try and regulate my schedule and start making more content. More two to three, maybe four or five uploads a day. You know, Monday through Saturday, Monday through Friday. But I gotta try and work my schedule into having that and figure out. There's a lot of health things I want to do so I can start regulating my sleep schedule and my diet better so I can make more content as efficiently as possible. But this channel, this account, and just everything revolving around inside four walls has seen a massive growth under the 2022 year. And I'd be remiss to not address it. So I'm just gonna throw some screenshots now, let the music play, and you can just look at the stats. So I think I'm going to just about bring it to an end here. I want to thank you guys for riding out 2022 with me. I think 2023 is going to be a very exciting year with a lot of new potentials and a lot of new talking points and a lot of new fresh narratives to discuss and dissect as we go through the next year. I, I don't know. It's kind of wild. It seems like 2020 was just the other day, right? But now we're in 2023. We're going into the third year, of, or in the final year, really, of the Joe Biden administration's first term in office. And we're coming up on the 2024 elections. It's kind of wild. And sitting here, it's Wednesday, January 10th, as of the recording of this video. And I'm just giddy with excitement. And Elon Musk Twitter, and a fresh piping hot culture war, and a lot of old players coming back, like Milo, possibly Leafy is here, so on and so forth. I'm excited to see what the new year brings, and I hope to see it with you. This has been Inside Four Walls, the 2022 year in review. And I want to thank you for listening, and being part of the journey that we're on. Alright guys. I'll catch you guys later. I gotta get to make some new content for the new year. Peace.
government is not the solution to our problem. Government is the problem.